You're listening to That Jesus Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of That Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Titus, and we are interrupting our current series for a special episode today to talk about the current COVID crisis in India right now. And joining us to discuss that and give his perspective and a little bit of an idea of what's going on is Brother Ebby, who we've had on the podcast before. If you go back to episode seven, he gives a more detailed description of what his ministry does. So I definitely encourage everyone to go check that out. But thank you so much for joining me today, Brother Ebby. Thank you very much. It's a blessing, a great privilege. Yeah, so we here in the States are kind of getting to the point where we're able to operate a little more normally. In fact, the governor here in Virginia just lifted the mask mandate. And so it, it feels like we're kind of coming out of that you know, dark valley. But unfortunately, it's not that way for the rest of the world. Um, if, if anybody's been watching the news, they've seen you know, what's been going on in India and just how devastating it's been. So I, I want to talk about that later and get your perspective. But before we get into that, could you just give us a brief summary of what your ministry does there in India? And of course, like I said earlier, if anyone wants more details, definitely go back and listen to episode seven. Yeah, I'll be as brief as possible. I truly appreciate this opportunity to talk to you, Titus, and to your friends about our ministry. Uh, we train native pastors. We have a curriculum. Uh, it's a five-year training. We train them on the mission field. They're not invited to a Bible college or school campus. Uh, we send out a trainer who goes and lives in the general area and uh, each one of the trainers is responsible for 20 native pastors at the least, and some may have more groups. And uh, the trainer trains the native pastors in the Bible, which they appreciate so much. Now, that happens uh, during the five-year period we work with these native pastors. Mm-hmm. The reason for encouraging them and equipping them in this manner is to help them to do um, what they want to do, which is church planting. The native pastors are about planting churches in the villages around where they live. Uh, Even before they come on board, they are already involved in church planting, but the training helps them to get involved in a much better way and see much better outcomes. So currently we are training 6,672 native pastors across 25 different states of India. And we do many other things besides that, but all those things are evangelism programs and projects that help these pastors to be very effective in the church planting ministry. Yeah, and one thing that you know I've been keeping my eye on as well, and I'm sure has affected you, is kind of the rise of Hindu nationalism in India. 
and the increased persecution that that has brought. How, how has that affected your ministry in the past few years? There's always been persecution in India, but persecution has increased uh, quite a bit in the recent years. We are among the top 10 most persecuted countries of the world. I think we have the ninth position now. In one of the states is what happened. Uh, a young man, 15-year-old, 15, going on 16, he was uh, kidnapped and taken into a nearby jungle, and he was killed. They were not satisfied with only killing him. They even badly mutilated his body and buried him in the forest. Just one example of some of the things that the native pastors are facing as they continue to preach the gospel. And uh, we have had hundreds of churches shut down in some regions of India. And um, pastors are uh, asked to shut down the churches. Uh, they are threatened with dire consequences. And uh, when they fail to do that, they are beaten mercilessly. Some of them have even been, the recent times, admitted to hospitals uh, because they were severely injured. And uh, quite a few of them have been arrested and taken to jail. Hmm. Do you, ha you said you work with about 6,000 pastors, if I heard you correctly. Yes. How many, how many pastors have been jailed or even killed? Do you have those numbers among just those 6,000 that you work with? I'm sorry, uh, quite a number. I, I don't have a number uh, right now, yeah. but, but quite, a, quite a few of them have been jailed and, uh, and uh, you know, at least uh, temporarily detained. Hmm. Um, you know, the worst part of it is uh, uh, they don't keep them in jail for a long time. Uh, they let them out on bail, but then press charges and the, the case continues on and on and on, which, um, which is a big bother, you know, for these pastors. It continually yeah. interrupts their ministry. Are, they, are these official laws that they're breaking that are in the books, or is it just corrupt officials who are, you know, r responding to false charges? Yeah, the latter would be true. They're not breaking any laws. And, uh, of course, in some of the states, they have passed some bills uh, concerning converting people from one religion to another. But persecution is widespread, and usually people that don't like Christian missionaries um, uh, preaching the gospel, uh, they complain against them, and um, and that's why uh, they are um, arrested and put in jail. Um, uh, you know, I mean, that that's the more more common reason, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm sure that makes things difficult enough, but I'm sure that also that COVID has not helped at all. So how has COVID 
maybe changed what you've been doing since the beginning of 2020? I know you are not primarily a humanitarian aid organization, but with, with all the needs, that, the physical needs that COVID has brought, have you changed your approach to address some of those needs as well? Yes. Uh, when the lockdown was imposed uh, by the government uh, in order to stop the spreading of this disease, they, you know, the pastors were very much affected. They could not go uh, from one village to another, uh, although they, they really wanted to continue to serve the Lord uh, by going to uh, into the nearby villages to preach the gospel. Uh, anyway, um, you know, we we started to train them using Zoom and and WhatsApp calls and or just just conference calls. Um, in the beginning, it was a challenge, but they amazingly adapted to this new way of uh, participating in our training. And uh, so throughout uh, to 2020, we were able to train the pastors. Uh, we still would like to uh, physically gather them and stand in front of them and train them. Um, we couldn't do that most of uh, the months in 2020. Uh, in 2020, because of the huge humanitarian crisis that happened in, in India as a result of uh, A, the COVID, B, the lockdown and the consequences of the lockdown, uh, we reached out uh, to a lot of people. Uh, we reached out to the pastors. We reached out to the poor believers uh, that were affected. Uh, you know, they didn't have uh, food because they had lost the jobs and they couldn't go to work because of the lockdown. And then we helped a lot of uh, migrant workers and others that had been shut up in camps Um it was such a blessing. We had never done anything like that before. Uh, I mean to say pure humanitarian help um, in this fashion, but God used us tremendously. As a result of that, we started a ministry called Bless, uh, which is going to continue. And uh, we would like to continue to help people that are in need. It was quite an education and training uh, in uh, reaching out to people are in, people that are in need, uh, and and we are continuing to do that. Yeah, I know. I, I mentioned on this podcast back in the, the first spike in India, especially with the really harsh lockdown that was imposed. Um, I, I was talking on this podcast a little bit about some money that I raised to send to India. And at that point, I was really concerned, you know, seeing the way the virus had affected a lot of the world and, and knowing that, you know, that India doesn't have the infrastructure, some of the Western countries, and also knowing, you know, how crowded the cities are. I, I thought it would just be completely devastating, which I know that first spike was really hard, but it, it really wasn't as bad in, in many ways as I thought. And, and I know that India kind of felt like they were had overcome COVID-19. But then recently, we've had this much, much worse spike that we've seen in India. And I, I assume the numbers are much higher even than what's reported um, as far as case numbers and even deaths in, in a place like India. 
And so that's just been really heartbreaking to watch, especially with, you know, not enough oxygen and ventilators in a lot of the hospitals. Uh, could you maybe share a little bit about, you know, from your perspective, how bad this spike has been? All, all we see is, is what we see on the news. Um, do you think that what's on the news is a fair representation of what's going on? Yes, I can. Uh, you know, it looks like uh, a tsunami. I would call it a COVID tsunami. Uh, it has taken, I think, the nation by surprise. Uh, I wouldn't blame the government and uh, the 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 bureaucrats. Um, it seemed as though towards the end of last year uh, that uh, COVID was going away and the numbers were coming down. Um, but all in a sudden, um, they uh, detected some variants. And then um, the next thing you heard was uh, these variants were spreading very fast. And then by the end of March, uh, it looked like there was a huge invasion. That's why I call it a tsunami. And now, uh, on any single day, um, they're finding something like 400,000 new cases. And, uh, you know, we we do have, we are a developing country, we, we do have some uh, reasonable uh, amount of infrastructure, but, you know, when something like this happens, uh, it overwhelms uh, the system. Uh, you saw some of that happening in the United States, and yeah. now you can multiply the situation ten times. And yeah, it's it's really really bad. Um, some of my friends, uh, just to give you an example, um, they died just because there was no oxygen. This guy was in the city of New Delhi, and New Delhi has hundreds of hospitals, some of the best hospitals in this part of the world or in New Delhi, but he couldn't find uh, a bed for himself. And so he was being taken care of at home. And um, he was part of a WhatsApp group. Um, and we were all praying for him. And at about 3 a.m., um, his wife uh, informs the group that uh, the oxygen had run out and she, uh, that and that they badly needed uh, a replacement and, uh, you know, she put out the word and, and everybody started looking for a replacement oxygen cylinder, which we, we knew it was the last case. I mean, it just was not available anywhere. And uh, by 4 a.m., he was gone. He went to be with the Lord uh, before they could find a replacement. I mean, I, I know about all these crises that's happening, but this hurts me most because uh, it was, uh, you know, something that... Uh, that happened right in front of my eyes, you know. I, I wasn't physically there, but, you know, it, it, it was so uh, close to my heart, and I've, we lost a man who, who didn't have to die. Just um, Anyway, um, there are scenes of hundreds and hundreds of people waiting on the sidewalks to get into the hospitals, and uh, I saw this picture of... Uh, a man sitting in a small car and a big oxygen cylinder set right beside the car. And, um, you know, he's, on, he's taking advantage of uh, that oxygen supply. I don't know where exactly this picture was taken. You know, all kinds of terrible scenes and then scenes of uh, uh, hundreds of bodies being burned. Uh, yeah. Just a few days ago, we heard about how 
bodies were being thrown into uh, the river and uh, they've been washed ashore um, some miles away and, and being exposed and, you know, eaten by uh, birds and dogs, etc. So it, it's a bad, bad scene, very heartbreaking scene. Yeah, I'm so sorry to hear that. I know you WhatsApp messaged me and said that you've lost around 24 pastors now um, to COVID. Uh, 21 uh, to be exact. Uh, we've lost 21 pastors since uh, COVID started, and most of them died within the last uh, one month. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, also very uh, heartbreaking. Um you know, these are pastors uh, that are living in remote areas, and and um, you know, I visited some of them. You know, spoke at the churches and and uh, loved to fellowship with their families. And now to 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 know that they're not there, it really breaks my heart. Uh, and more of them are uh, in hospitals. Um, and uh, are being taken care of at home and but the problem is they're all in very remote areas and uh, Mm -hmm. in these remote areas they have no access to any decent uh, medical facility Um, so we're crying out to god uh, for god to show mercy and and deliver them from COVID. Yes, amen. Are these older pastors or are young men dying from it as well? The ones that have died recently are were in the 40s, some even in the 30s. Wow. Um, some of them, you know, look like they're very strong and, and very healthy, but I mean, can't believe that um, they were affected so much that they couldn't survive. It's yeah. really amazing, and and even some of the children are now sick. At least uh, I, I know that in one of the families uh, uh, related to our ministry, uh, two small children have been affected. You know, you didn't hear about it last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the reason why I wanted you on today is is so that you know we could get kind of an understanding of of what's going on, but also so we can know how to help. I know that a lot of folks here in America are are seeing these pictures on the news, you know, these rows of bodies being burned and hearing about the the lack of oxygen and that sort of thing. And we want to help, but we don't know how. So, what are some ways that, that your ministry is working to meet needs um, and, and how we can get involved here in the States? Uh, we're doing two things uh, to meet uh, two different needs. One, um, you know, we, are, uh, we, we have this uh, uh, COVID uh, WhatsApp group and and as, as, since uh, we have leaders over these various groups of pastors uh, across the country in these 25 states, uh, you know, we information uh, as soon as somebody gets affected. And, um, and, and, and then, you know, when we know that uh, somebody's uh, condition is becoming a little bit serious, then we advise and then we reach out and uh, we help. And if necessary, we 
we try to find them a hospital bed somewhere. Uh, in some cases, they will have to be taken um, hundreds of kilometers uh, to to a place where there can be a hospital. And, uh, you know, we have 6,000 pastors, but we are trying to do what we can to help them so they can uh, pay their hospital bills, etc. Um, so that's one way we are helping them. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other way is, uh, you know, these pastors who are living in remote areas uh, are already uh, um, affected uh, financially. They're not able to uh, gather the churches together and even the churches have very poor people. They're all living um, below the poverty line and just a few barely above the poverty line. So as a relief measure, we did this something like this last year also for which they were deeply, deeply grateful. And so we are trying to send them uh, some financial help uh, immediately. They can use it to buy food or if they want some medicine that, or if they have to travel to a nearby area, uh, they can do that using the money. It's not much. It's uh, $50 uh, per native pastors. That's just the immediate. We may have to do more later on, but we want to do at least this right now. Uh, so we are raising a, a support, uh, a gift of $50 per pastor for these um, 6,672 pastors right now. Yeah. So you're providing transportation to hospitals, you're paying hospital bills and giving out these um, these food parcels and this money so that people can buy food. You also mentioned on, on WhatsApp to me that you are caring for the widows and children of the pastors who died from COVID, right? That's right. Yes. Uh, you know, even before COVID came, uh, quite a number of pastors, uh, 29 to be exact, uh, had died of natural causes. Um, you know, some, of course, uh, due to accidents. Uh, one one thing we do is whenever one of these native pastors dies, we we just um, reach out to the widow and the children and we take care of them uh, as long as they need help. Um, yeah. It may be five years, 10 years, 15 years, whatever, you know, some. Uh, so 29 pastors' uh, families uh, are being taken care of, widows and children, right now. And uh, now we are... Uh, uh, reaching out to these 21 widows and their children, um, and uh, we're going to support them right from now uh, until uh, they become self-supported. Um, it may be several years before uh, they will be able to become self-supported, uh, but we will support them and as long as they need our support. Yeah. Yeah, like James said, pure religion and undefiled is to take care of the orphans and widows in their need and to keep yourself unspotted from the world. So that's so important. And I just want to encourage those listening to, you know, give generously to this and to do the math. You know, 6,000 pastors, 50 times 6,000. There's a great need here. And 
Um, we have so much here in the States, especially as um, you know, getting into the swing of things as we're coming out of COVID. I, I just, I really want us to be generous. And so, yeah, we'll, we will definitely put a link where folks can donate in the show notes of this episode. Um, just an, another scripture that I've been thinking of recently, and, and I think ties in here, is 1 John 3, 17 and 18. It's just, it's, it's so poignant. Um, it says, but whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him. So that's, that's us in America. I'll just take a pause there. That's us in America. We have the world's goods in so many ways. And we have brothers and sisters in India who are in just desperate need because of this crisis. And so let's not close our hearts against them. And then going on, it says, how does the love of God abide in, in him? You know, how does God's love abide in us if we close our hearts to this need? And then the next verse, little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and in truth. You know, let's not just talk about this. Let's actually um, love in through our actions and in deed and in truth. Um, so yeah, thank you so much, Brother Ebby, for sharing about this need. Like I said, I'll put the link in the show notes for those for for anyone who wants to donate. Um, but yeah, is there anything you want to share in, in closing here, Brother Abby? Thank you. Thank you very much for this opportunity. And I want to thank uh, uh, those that would uh, listen to this podcast um, and greet them in the name of Jesus, uh, um, you know, right now. So sending my greetings to them. Mm -hmm. uh, on my personal behalf and also on behalf of uh, those that serve with me back in India, uh, you know, we have we have shared with you um, about a terrible, tragic situation. But, you know, God is great. And uh, last year, in the midst of the doom and gloom, uh, God shined his light upon us and encouraged us and in amazing ways through miracles, signs and wonders, uh, he took care of the pastors. So we're not exactly their saviors. We can do our part, but, you know, God always comes through and he does great things. Uh, uh, for example, uh, uh, this, this particular man was uh, brought back, a uh, Hindu man was, uh, brought back from the hospital, and um, he had some other ailment, and they said he he had died, and these Hindus uh, could have gone ahead and cremated him, but uh, someone among them knew about this pastor, and they said, why don't you call this Christian pastor and ask him to pray for this man? I, I don't know why in the first place they wanted somebody to come and pray for a dead person, they called the pastor, the pastor came, and the pastor said, okay, I will, I will pray, I will definitely pray, but, uh, you know, this is how we pray, close your eyes and bow your heads, and this is what we Christians do. I don't know why he even wanted to say that before offering the prayer. He prayed, and when he was done praying and opened his eyes, he saw the man sitting on the bed. Now, in the crowd, the... Yeah, glory to God. In the crowd, there were two Hindu men that called out immediately and said, hey, you know, we have something to tell you. You know, when when you asked us to close our eyes, we got suspicious. We, we 
we thought we, you were going to do something. And so we kept our eyes open. The rest of you all closed your eyes and the pastor himself uh, prayed with his eyes closed. But we kept our eyes open and, and we saw uh, people white, uh, clothed in white just dropping down from the ceiling and uh, surrounding this man. And, you know, they only helped him to sit on the bed. And then when you said something towards the end, um, it was amen, you know, but the Hindus didn't know. Uh, and they just just Now, test, these are testimony, testimony of two Hindu people. You know, the pastor was not making it up and there was no Christian to make up a story. The Hindus said, we saw people white and clothed in white, you know, dropping down from the ceiling and helping this man to sit on the bed. Anyway, long story short, 16 people accepted the Lord then and there, and now there is a church. Wow. Um, and uh, we, we, we have many, many, many stories of how God can come through and, and help and completely change a tragic, terrible situation into a situation of victory and, and glory. Uh, so pray with us and, and pray for us. Uh, for God to come through uh, in the midst of uh, this tragic situation in India. And we want to see the name of Jesus lifted up higher and higher in all these places. These 6,000 pastors are working in at least 60,000 villages. And may the name of Jesus be lifted up. Amen. Thank you so much. It's always encouraging and inspiring to, to hear from you. So thank you for joining us and thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, we will see you all next time. That Jesus podcast is part of the Kingdom Outpost podcast network. For more podcasts, articles, and other resources, go to kingdomoutpost.org.